All right, welcome to the Lakers Outsiders podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, today I'm going to continue, uh, as I have been doing the last few weeks, uh, ignoring the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving hubbub of the offseason, uh, which is fitting now, I guess, since those sagas are seem to be dead in the water, for now at least. Uh, we'll see. But uh, instead of talking about that, I'm going to keep looking at uh, free agents that the Lakers have signed. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a guest from uh, Bulls coverage to talk about Troy Brown Jr. And today we're going to be talking about a uh, former Laker turned current Laker now in uh, center Thomas Bryant. So to help me catch up kind of on Bryant's time since that one uh, rookie season he spent with L.A., uh, I'm joined by Matt Moderno, who covers the Wizards for uh, Bullets Forever, uh, as well as the Believe in wizards podcast uh matt how you doing tonight and uh how's the summer been treating you i'm great i'm getting a little stir crazy though ready for nba basketball to pick up uh again here soon haven't had a lot to talk about recently so i'm, I'm glad we're doing this yeah uh i've kind of i mean well as a lakers fan i've kind of just like tried to put kyrie irving and russell westbrook out of my brain just you know let nature take its course understandable uh, when something happens, it'll happen. Uh, but I finally started, yeah, getting that kind of itch for getting NBA basketball back in my life um, once the schedule came out. Um, and kind of talking about these guys that the Lakers have brought in has also helped too. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, might as well dive on right into it. Um, before I kind of talk to you about, you know, the reasons why the Lakers were able to get him on a vet minimum deal. Uh, as well as how you kind of see Bryant playing alongside uh, LeBron, or most importantly, I want to talk about is how he play. Next to Anthony Davis, I want to ask you just about how the Wizards fan base kind of felt about him before he first played for the team, as well as how they kind of felt early on in his time when the uh, I feel like the returns were looking pretty good. So early on, uh, his first season in 2018, he ended up playing 72 games. He started 53 of them. And he was pretty well received. I think uh, by all accounts, the fan base thought like we found somebody here. Like this is a gem. Uh, being the Lakers sort of G League affiliate for a couple years there actually worked out for us for a change. You know, we ended up with him. We ended up with uh, Mo Wagner. Like you could you could kind of rattle off a couple names there in a row. But Bryant seemed like like a real piece, and uh, he was this rim runner. He was gonna like out effort you and beat his opponent. You know, beat the opponent down the floor and. I finished great around the rim and you're like, wow, okay. He's physical around the basket. This is a great start. Now, you know, as he kind of learns NBA defense, this physicality will like start to translate defensively and we'll be in good shape here. And just sort of over time, I think, you know, this is something that kind of happens with fans. The more you see somebody, the more you start to notice their warts a little bit. And, you know, Brian not only didn't improve defensively, you could probably argue that he got worse over time. And I think a lot of that has to do with injuries. I think that's really the biggest thing is he was never able to really stay healthy here. And, and that kind of just limits what you can do. I think, um, you know, we've had enough former Wizards and, and former NBA players on our show over the years. And, and the centers always talk about it takes you until year three or four to really understand how to defend at a reasonable level, especially as a big, because you're responsible for quarterbacking so much. And I think Brian just really never got enough opportunity on the floor, healthy to, to do that and, and kind of grow and, and develop on that end. 
Interesting, yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting to me in terms of his defense kind of coming to the Lakers uh, just because, I mean, obviously Anthony Davis is just such a defensive monster. Um, and, you know, new head coach Darvin Ham, I think he kind of had a defensive expertise with the Bucks while he was assistant coach there. So I guess what I would say, it, it'll be interesting how he kind of develops in L.A., but also uh, there's not really any patience or time for uh, him to start developing in L.A. It's kind of kind of like we need uh, need some results now. He would have been perfect for the Lakers bubble team, I think, you know, when there were like multiple high level defenders and they just needed a floor spacer, you know, rim runner type, because that was one of the big challenges for him on the Wizards is really porous perimeter defense is always going to expose a center defensively anyway. And they just didn't have guys that wanted to defend anybody. We can talk about him in a little bit here too, if you want, but Westbrook really wasn't defending at a high level for most of his time in D.C. Beal has not defended at a high level uh, really in a very long time, if you could even mm-hmm. say he ever did it at a high level. So he, he just got put out on an island a lot. But if you'd had him next to Caruso and KCP right. and and a healthy Anthony Davis, I, I think he would have looked really good. So if this year's group um, gets back to that and Davis is healthy, I actually think that's probably like the right fit for him. Yeah, um, we can kind of you know, edge into that conversation. Obviously you brought up the injuries. The big one is uh tearing his ACL in January, 2021 at the start of that um, season shortened by COVID comes back in the recent season, uh, only plays like 27 games, loses his starting job. Um, three part percentage drops significantly. He's never really taken like a ton of attempts per game. Um, but still, uh, that was definitely, I feel like, you might you might be able to provide some color on this, but I feel like that was definitely one of the strengths of his offensive game for sure. Uh, before I kind of get into like how you think he'll fit on the Lakers, um, any other reasons for like the rough return other than you know, I mean, I say I say like returning from ACL is nothing, but you know, it, it's something. Uh, but any other reasons for that? Just injury rust, or was it like you know who was on the team when he returned, or both, or? Yeah, I think all of the above, right? Like you hear a lot about guys that the first year back from a lower body injury, especially for a bigger guy, you know, they might be healthy, like healthy enough physically, but mentally they're not kind of there. They don't want to like test things too much. And Mm -hmm. I I think there was some hesitancy on his end um, to really kind of like test out that leg a whole lot. He was less aggressive trying to finish around the basket. He settled for more jumpers and fadeaways. And, you know, they really kind of leaned on him to be this, they they propped him up as this floor spacing big and i think he maybe took that a little too to heart you know like <laughs> it, there was a lot of opportunities where um he took bad shots when he didn't need to and there was a lot of the second he touched the ball it was going up no matter what and i, I think it just became hard to kind of like shoehorn him in to a roster like you know that far into the season you had gafford playing reasonably well um, it, it, it just didn't fit, right? Like it, it was too many, like I said, bad perimeter defenders. You needed people like Gafford. And then by the time Porzingis was on the roster, right? who were you going to prioritize at that point? And I think it became pretty clear, you know, not that every NBA player doesn't have a house in LA at this point, but Bryant seemed pretty interested in getting back to, to LA. He plays in sort of the Rico Hines runs in LA in the summer, 
and, and things like that. And, um, you know, he's always posting stuff about like side businesses in the LA area and, and those kinds of things. So um, if he wasn't going to come back at a certain point, I, I think they just said like, okay, you know, there's kind of no point in us trying to, to get him minutes here in a lost season. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how he ended up doing in uh, with the Wizards, but I remember in one of the games, like you're saying against the Mavs, uh, when Porzingis was still on the team, he was playing like the best. I felt like I watched him play in like a couple of years. So mm-hmm. yeah. And like Gafford's great player. Um, yeah. Like you kind of said, it's like, too many cooks in the kitchen and yeah um especially for a guy like you said kind of like part of his uh a good part of his game is like just his energy and just overall effort like you know when you're kind of mentally holding yourself back you might not even know it but you know you know us watching it's like oh man playing a little timid out there yeah he got away from what he did well right like his thing was i'm gonna out hustle you and maybe that's the knee Maybe that's how hard do I want to bust my ass for a team that it, I'm not a part of their long-term future. I'm not really sure what kind of like dictated that, but but you could tell he was just sort of not the same guy in those 20 and some games. Right. Well, uh, in terms of, you know, maybe not having too much motivation in Washington, kind of seems like he might have a decent amount of motivation uh, in LA. You know, he's not getting the big money deal or anything like that, but um chris haynes has reported something along the lines of like he'll have an opportunity to start at center with ad i kind of feel like when those especially for the lakers i don't know about other teams i guess more random stupid stuff gets reported about the lakers and most teams but when i see that it's like okay so it's his starting job to lose basically um like it's probably you know he's gone the fast track for it um so it's basically been a hot topic for the last few years of AD starting at center. Obviously this would have AD not starting at center. Um, after watching him these past few years, Bryant, that is, do you think him starting alongside AD and obviously if he's starting, he's playing a lot of minutes alongside AD. Do you think that's something that could work even if that three pointer isn't falling? Uh, or do you kind of just see it as like a clunky fit overall? I, I like it, to be honest with you. I, I thought it was sort of one of the sneaky, better Lakers signings of the offseason. I mean, you get a guy like him for $2 million, I want to say, less maybe yeah. less than $2 million, a one-year deal. Like He's got every incentive here to prove it. Because if this year doesn't go well for him, or he's banged up or whatever, it's going to be really tough for him to get that next deal for anything other than another minimum. So I, I think this is somebody that should be motivated to come out and, and make it work. I think you're going to get the hustle. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to, first of all, he can shoot it. Like, I don't care what last year's numbers were. That, that was just a weird situation. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of like, I'm going to get mine while I'm out there. And uh, he, he actually has like a real three-point range, in my opinion. Now, is he a high 40s or mid 40s three-point shooter? No, you know, he's, he's not going to do anything like that. But if he was 38.7% or some random number in the high 30s next year, I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. And if you get that from him, if he rebounds at a decent rate and he's hustling and, and finishing around the rim again, I think that's a, prop, a player I would have no problem playing 20 minutes a game-ish next to Davis. Now, does he close games for you? I would assume probably not. He's like incredibly slow laterally, and I think people gotcha. are going to hunt him in big situations, but 
Um, can he eat up minutes? Can he guard or at least, uh, you know, use up some fouls on the other team's better big? I, I definitely think so. So I think he'll be in a shield for Davis and he fits kind of well with the rest of the roster too. I mean, LeBron's going to give him a lot of good looks. You say what you want about Westbrook, but he'll create open looks for a corner three-point shooter or somebody like that. So um, there's some familiarity there between the two of them, I think. And I know they've done like summer pickup runs together and stuff too. So I Mm -hmm. think them trying to like ease into playing next to each other should be pretty straightforward. So I, I really think this was a good pickup, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, in terms of all the guys the Lakers signed, uh, Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones, Lonnie Walker, um, let's see, Juan Descano-Anderson, Troy Brown, who I talked about earlier, uh, another former wizard. Um, I'd say, yeah, I would say just in terms of ceiling and overall talent, Thomas Bryant is the best out of that group. Um, Now, like you said, I don't know if he will be playing the most minutes out of that group. Sure. But like you said, that's kind of just comes down to the fact that who knows if he can play in closing lineups, especially like in the playoffs where I feel like it just starts gravitating towards small ball in general. Um, and then, you know, you can't really beat a better small ball five than Anthony Davis. Um, but yeah, I mean, you talked about the bubble team for the Lakers uh, a little bit ago. Um, that kind of, you know, minutes model in terms of starting, playing like 20 minutes, maybe not closing or ever closing. That's like exactly what like JaVale McGee did um, Mm -hmm. in the championship season. And, you know, playoffs come around, he he didn't really get any minutes, period. Um, And I mean, maybe that is something that happened or that would happen to Thomas Bryant. But I mean, it would just be so beneficial to the Lakers if he came in, shot even just like 35% from three, played 20, 25 quality minutes at center, um, take, you know, a little bit of a load off AD. So he's not playing center all season. Obviously AD has terrible injury, uh, injury issues. So yeah, I mean, that'd be a huge bonus for the Lakers. If that kind of happened, I think, I don't even know what the other guys would have to do to make them a better signing over than Bryant. Cause if that happens, then we're gonna be sitting pretty. Um, if you, if you look at like what Bobby Portis did a couple years ago for the bucks in that playoff run, just like, all I'm going to give you is floor spacing as a big, and maybe I'll be a little crazy and active. Bryant's kind of a bigger version of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Neither of them really defend at a high level. I think you'd want better rebounding from both than you're going to get. It's not a ton of shot blocking there, but um, can you get energy and shooting from somebody that's kind of matchup or situation dependent? I think that's something he can do, and he could fit next to you know, that Giannis in the Portis case, but but Davis in, in the Lakers case. And again, at two million bucks, if you can get a guy that plays 20 right. minutes a game, that's a steal. Yeah, I mean, I think like every single Lakers signing kind of carries that with them. Like, well, one, because the Lakers have no, had no money to offer with Russ, <laughs> LeBron, and AD. But uh, all young guys, for the most part, um, not for the most part, for all the part, um, you know, some with, you know, something to prove. Uh, I'd say most are eh, maybe not all of them, but most are like kind of, you know, might be having a bigger role with the Lakers than they have with their previous team. I definitely think Mm -hmm. that's in the cards for Bryant. Uh, But yeah, kind of like you were talking about Bobby Portis, like, you know, if he kind of knows what his role is, like, sorry, Thomas, like you might not be closing games, but come in, give us 110, 120%. You know, I think I saw him say, someone asked him about, you know, his health. He's like, "I'm, I'm feeling good. Like, don't worry about that. Like, 
I'm feeling good right now. So come in, give 110%, kind of get back to that kind of rim running center uh, that you're talking about. And trust me, after after having the Lakers play uh, DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard, that type of energy from the center position would be more than welcome. And and you talk about Russ. I mean, we'll talk about him in a sec. Uh, if he is still on the team, there was a lot of times where he'd run pick and roll with Dwight Howard, and Dwight would just not be able to like get get what to the hoop in time. Yeah. Like yeah. he'd be rolling, and it's like, oh man, he's moving so slow. And like there would there would be times where Russ would toss up an oop, and like you know it would look ugly. But like I'd be like. You know, I don't think that one was on Russ there. I think that was on Dwight and his uh, cement feet. And and Bryant's not going to, like, roll to the hoop and, like, lob threat, you know, like throw down and dunk on anybody. But he'll get fouled. He's a good free throw shooter. Like, he'll get himself in a position to help the team or um, at least make the right rolls. And, you know, there was never any really chatter about Bryant being a bad teammate or being openly unhappy with his role and things like that. I, I mean, I think we kind of knew he was unhappy with not playing, but um, this last year, but I, it was never like a thing where we heard about it, you know, being a distraction or anything like that. So I, I think if you're worried at all about like, will he be okay coming in and not closing games and things like that? I, I don't think Bryant's the guy that's going to rock the boat by all mm-hmm. accounts. He's a good dude. I, you know, in the media stuff I've done with him, I, I found him to be pleasant, and thoughtful and insightful. He's a super good cheerleader. He's going to have good energy when he is on the bench. And I, I think, you know, just from the Lakers perspective, that sort of youthful exuberance um, and passion uh, infusion is, is not a bad thing considering kind of the group that, you know, they had last year. Yeah. You just said like a lot of words that basically every single Laker didn't have last season. So Right. Uh, <laughs> so you hit the nail right in the head. Um, yeah, no, I'm totally looking forward to him. Honestly, everything you said maybe looking, uh, looking even more forward to him. Um, I definitely, you know, there's a lot of like, like a lot of Lakers fans definitely have him still in their brain just from his rookie season uh, with the team. And you know, if if he's playing with that high energy, like you said, he uh, may. I feel like he'd be a, like an immediate fan favorite. Um, especially if he's starting alongside AD. Um, that being said, figured we might as well transition to, well, two guys connected in a trade. Uh, one guy went from Wizards to the Lakers. One guy went from the Lakers to the Wizards. Uh, first, starting with Russ. Um, so I kind of talked to you about it beforehand, but, you know, obviously, well, one, Lakers will not be getting Kyrie Irving unless – well, I guess stuff changes. Seems unlikely. Stuff stuff changes with those guys every week, That's so true. who knows? But yes, right now it looks like it's about you know less than one percent chance. Uh, still think there's a chance, if not a good one, that Russell Westbrook gets traded for some sort of package. Um, it almost seems like every single situation where he is traded to a team, that tra- that team will almost certainly be uh, buying him out immediately, leaving him to sign with whatever team after that. Um, a lot of Lakers people I respect kind of theorize like, well, one, I remember it was kind of some, I can't remember who it was, if it was Mark Stein or someone, but someone kind of to the Dallas Mavericks, like someone was like, Oh, what about the Mavericks? So, you know, you know, they just lost Brunson, maybe need a backup point guard. I remember like someone was like, uh, eh, sources with the Mavs say no, or like something very blunt, like, nah, I'm like, man, like the Mavs are like that adamant about it. 
like who who would take him? Uh, but yeah, like I said, a few Lakers people I respect theorize, you know, maybe he just goes back to the Wizards. Um, not insanely high expectation, you know, he's familiar with the situation. It seemed like they, you know, him in management, especially with the way that they orchestrated, orchestrated the trade at the end, uh, they left on good terms and were on good terms for most of the time. Is that something you could see happening? And how do you think the fan base would feel about that? Ooh, okay. Those are probably two very different yeah, answers. Start, start, um, start with the first one, I guess. Could you see that happening? I could see it happening. Uh, I think he and Beal got along reasonably well. There was some reporting that he tried to get Beal to demand a trade out also, which would probably make him reasonably unpopular with a good portion of mm. the fan base. Although some people have kind of turned on Beal, so maybe those people actually would have liked that. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're a complicated bunch here in Washington. But <laughs> yeah, the, the front office liked him. I think they were happy with what he provided. Um, we're on this big, you know, locker room and character is important uh, kick right now, especially with all the guys we draft and things like that. And all you hear sort of universally here was about how great Westbrook was for the young guys and pushing them and um, giving confidence to the Denny Avdias and Rui Hachimura's of the world. So I think from that perspective, you know, he, he'd be okay here and they'd be able to give him the kind of role it seems like he still wants. I think the issue with him right now, especially in LA is it's sort of where Carmelo Anthony was a couple years ago of like, no, I'm this high usage, high volume. I should be playing 35 minutes a game and closing games kind of guy. And if you could ever just get him to the point where he'd be happy being like what Derek Rose has turned into, he'd right. be, I think he'd be a great player. Not great, but I, I mean, I think he'd be an impactful, positive addition to a roster. Um, hey, come in, just torch second units. You can score your 20 a game off the bench. Do what Dennis Schroeder did a couple years ago and just be this sort of, um, you know, uh, microwave score when we need you to and do the triple double thing and, and all that other stuff that gets, you know, extra butts in the seats. At. But the I need a 30% usage rate, it just doesn't make sense with the, the group you have. Whereas with us, um, I personally wouldn't like to see it. I don't like watching him play basketball that much <laughs> at this point in his career, but uh, it, it makes more sense here than there, I would say. And especially if um, the cost is free. I think it's even more palatable as a Wizards fan. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. I, I mean, I, there, there was a lot of, um, I don't know. I, I'd say the just general brain of the Lakers fan is just kind of fried at this point. A lot of crazy, cool. crazy waves of thought uh, this offseason. There was even just like, I feel like there was a time period where it was like, what if he just doesn't accept his $47 million player option? It's like, all right, guys. Good luck guys. with that, yeah. Uh, and like like I said, like I always like jokingly said, like, guys, I don't think he's going to make $47 million for the rest of his career after this. And I don't even right. think it's going to be close. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, if he came back to the Wizards, I I think it would just be for like the, whatever the prorated vet minimum would be. I mean, I guess it would, I guess the situation would be happening before the season, so it'd be the full like vet minimum. But uh, that's going to be a real daunting change of pace for him. Yeah, I mean, it's just guys have to age gracefully, and they have to know that they're aging, and it just doesn't seem 
from, you know, you're closer to this than I am, but from what we see from afar here, media wise last year, it, it just seemed like he kind of doesn't have that level of self-awareness yet, perhaps. Maybe that comes over time. Maybe he starts to age gracefully and, um, you know, we'll see. But I was a little surprised that at least sort of the energy he brought here didn't translate more with last year's Lakers team. Um, like he, he was a kick in the ass for a lot of these players for us, especially the second half of the season when he got healthy, like as bad as he looked most of the year in LA last year. He was very year, good at that point. Yeah. He, he looked really bad for the first 20 odd games, yeah. maybe even more in Washington. Um, and then really turn it around. So is it a health thing? Uh, you know, maybe that's it. And you just cross your fingers that next year he's fully healthy. He'll get along better with Darvin Ham and be empowered to do stuff. But yeah, he, if he did the little things and tried to defend and set people up and not shoot like 18 foot fadeaway bank shots, um, it, it would be uh, it would be a different story, I think. Yeah, those were those are very rough. Um, yeah, I mean. I think I think kind of just one. I think overall, if you're just looking at XOs basketball, him and LeBron and AD's games just don't mesh. Period whatsoever. So I think that's definitely a big facet of it, where he can kind of you know succeed more on a team with those young guys, like you said, Rui and Denny, and then um, uh, Gafford. I feel like he had a great rapport mm-hmm. with. Um, and yeah, I've always like. Like, you know, I was kind of like looking up stuff like, oh, man, I feel like I've always heard like people say, look, Russ is such a great teammate. And that is just absolutely not the vibe that we're dealing with in Lakeland right now. And like, yeah, look it up. And like I'm seeing just everyone say like he's a great teammate, especially like you said, young guys um, seem to really love him. And he kind of seems like a really good influence on them. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And the Carmelo um, comparison is really interesting just because like, uh he kind of, you know, tailed Carmelo kind of tailed off last year, uh, probably because he was drafted the same year as LeBron, and not yeah, everyone could be LeBron four James. Years old, right? Right. Yeah, not everyone could be LeBron James, so his legs seemed to be giving out on him. But beginning of the year, I'd say Carmelo was the, you know, it was like LeBron, AD, Malik Monk, Carmelo were the four best Lakers players. Um, and yeah, that was not happening when he's on the Thunder. He had that classic clip of him saying like me bench or whatever he said Mm -hmm. and yeah that's absolutely uh kind of the mindset russ is still in and yeah he um this is like a crucial time for him like he really needs to like nip that in the bud because unless he wants to start like being an efficient three-point shooter there's really like no spot for him to be like he's a 30 percent usage player starting point guard for any nba team let alone the los angeles lakers 35 or however old he is at this point might be too late to try this, but you always hear about how he shoots with his non-dominant hand. You know, maybe it's not too late to try working on the lefty three pointers or something and, and see if you can get something going there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I, there's, I don't really know any other place that makes sense off the top of my head other than, you know, Dallas, like I said, but they seem not interested whatsoever. So We'll see. I mean, first, a, a trade has to happen. Um, we'll see if that ever happens. But moving on from that, um, you know, with you cover the Wizards, so I got to take an opportunity to talk about one of my favorite players in a while, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Um, talk to me about kind of the first season uh, with him on the Wizards. 
and then kind of like what expectations you have for him this season. I was kind of wondering about his contract. Um, obviously, he's going to be a free agent next summer, unrestricted free agent. So uh, what expectations do you have for him this season? And then uh, what do you think like the chances are he stays with Washington moving forward? Uh, great question. I love him personally. I'm like the you know local resident of the Kyle Kuzma fan club. And all the <laughs> stuff I said about you know, the influence Russ had from kind of a, uh, just like a vibe perspective, right? Like he, he brought a little bit of just sort of that mf mentality. Kuzma's been like mentor Kuzma. It's, hey, Denny, you and I are going to play one-on-one and you're going to work on the fact that you can't dribble with your left hand at all somehow, despite being a professional basketball player. <laughs> uh, he, he was really willing to like put in extra work with these guys and hey, here's what I learned from LeBron and Rondo in film sessions, and here's what you should take away, and here's how hard you have to work, and this is what championship teams do and look like. This is what LeBron did. Um, there was right. a lot of like mentoring that, honestly, we don't hear about Bradley Beal doing with these younger guys in D.C. doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, but if you asked any of the younger players on the Wizards who the best vet was for them and the guy that kind of put in the most effort with them. And it was almost, I would say it would be unanimously Kuzma's the first name, actually KCP a, a decent amount too, but he's obviously moved on. Um, I, I loved the Kuzma experience. I, I think the only thing I would maybe point to was I thought he was a better defender in LA. I don't know what you guys thought of his defense, but at least from afar, it seemed like, especially in the championship year, he provided like pretty high level wing and post defense when he needed to. And last year, maybe it was sort of a role or usage thing, or again, the lack of high level defenders around him, you know, playing next to these guys here was probably um, not as impactful as playing next to KCP Caruso, Anthony Davis and LeBron when, when he's engaged. So he he may just need more help to look good. I I don't know, but the defense was, okay at times and then really bad at others but he was super clutch um when he just went downhill and pretended or not pretended but actually act you know acted like he was a six foot ten player um he was really tough to score uh the shooting percentages weren't great but he made a lot of big ones when they needed them to created for others was really important i think i would actually like to see him as like more of a small ball five some this year I, i think that would be really interesting and you know he himself said hey put me with these other jumbo wings i'd like to play next to Rui and denny and people like that and that gives you just like a lot of lineup flexibility and positional versatility so i i like him to your point about the contract it it seems like he likes it here and can kind of have more of like a i'm one of the big three here not that our big three is it's still like a little three but you know, he's one of the three marquee players, I think, especially offensively. The role probably suits him. I think he likes that he's established himself as an elder statesman. It's a big enough city for somebody like Kuzma that seems to have interests outside of basketball to not feel like he's in the middle of nowhere. It's just going to be a question of like what they can work out deal-wise. If the cap is going to go up as much as people think, can they ink him to some kind of team, you know, friendly extension now in the like four years, 80 million range? I think that gets something done. If he's looking for four years, 110 million, it, it's probably not happened. Yeah. I mean, kind of just 
I don't know. I'm just thinking about deals that have been signed recently. What Jalen Brunson signed for four years, a hundred million. Yeah. Did he get yeah, twenty mil per year or twenty five mil? I guess it was probably twenty five. Yeah, I think twenty five. Um, and I mean Kuzma's pretty good on offense, but he's not like the you know the shot creator playmaker like Brunson is, and I feel like that's just so valued around the league. But yeah, what you said, four years, eighty million, sounds about right. Be a decent you know raise over that's what his like aaron and, gordon gets and jeremy and that's Grant, a perfect somewhere comp that to him. Yeah. yeah that's definitely a perfect comp to him um defense wise yeah he was like you know rookie year defense and non-existent but mm-hmm. you know rookies you know when is it um he was also like way scrawnier uh right. rookie season than what he is you know even in just like the the bubble um but yeah no the defense really just came around in the bubble uh and especially the you know 2020 through 2021 season uh lakers ended with you know despite how the season ended they ended with the number one rated defensive rating and i was i would say you know number one that was alex Caruso. number two kyle kuzma um definitely don't think you really want him out on the perimeter put him out on the perimeter against wings i think he fares pretty well and like you said his post defense uh him as a small ball five would actually be kind of interesting but on the perimeter with like you know quick guards like yeah recipe for disaster like, you know sure. he's versatile but not that versatile yeah that's um, a limit right yeah exactly but yeah you know i was kind of like does he have one year left does he have two years left uh, it'd be really interesting what kind of deal he gets and if like you know like you said if he kind of stays around with the wizards um at the very least i in my point it like nowadays i like now that i know like how nba teams trade and stuff i'm always of the mindset like just like give the guy the deal like who cares like unless it's just like astronomical like just out of like just you know 47 million to russell westbrook like seems like he's a pretty tradable guy it's not that he's gonna fall off a cliff anytime soon super young Give him the money if you know he wants out later, or if it's he's just playing less, uh, like not as good anymore. Trade him, like whatever. He's shown enough that, to your point that I think any team is going to be able to sell themselves on. Okay, it's a reasonable enough deal. He played his way into it once. Maybe here in a change of scenery, he could do that again. So, I think that's the question. Um, is just really what is the sweet spot with that deal? He wasn't amazing here the first third of the season he was really good the middle third especially after Beal went down um when he got a lot of touches he he suddenly like took his game to another level showed some things off and then the last third he was a little nicked up they didn't have really any incentive to win games they were trying to integrate him next to Porzingis so I, I think it's it's a question of like which player that we saw last year is he really is he the guy from the middle third? Can he do that next to Beal and Porzingis and be this like jumbo creator who can score 20 a game on, you know, decent-ish efficiency? That's a guy that probably starts to get 20 plus million dollars. He gets whatever yeah. the John Collins deal is or something like that. If you think he's more of the early part of the season guy where he's 15 a game and Actually, his rebounding was really good to start the year. He was like was 15 gonna, and 10 for the first third of the year. I was going to say, he's always been a decent rebounder, and that was yep. even more so than his defense and scoring. That was like the number one thing he really provided to the championship, uh, the playoff run. 
what you need. And I think that's something that Porzingis hasn't done at an elite level for somebody his size, especially with yeah. all the injuries. So I think they should complement each other well. I think what realistically probably happens is we see how that looks for the first couple of weeks of the season, maybe a month or two in. And if those guys integrate nicely, maybe they're working on an extension. And if it doesn't seem like the two can kind of come to a mutually agreeable place, he probably gets shopped at the deadline, maybe, I would think. You know, whether he gets actually traded or not. I don't know. If you could get a first-round pick for him if you're the Wizards and you don't think you're going to resign him in your, in your, you know, your range, we're a reasonably capped-out team despite being not a very good team. So there's not a ton of flexibility there. Um, so it, it'll just be really interesting. I think that first month and a half is going to be really important for his long-term future here, just seeing how that looks. Now I'm uh, now I'm picturing the Lakers holding on to the one of the two first round picks they can trade, and then like trading a first Back for Kyle Kuzma. Just their just their insanely good uh, asset management, where they love it. Where where you start to look at the first round picks that have uh, gone from them to the Washington Wizards. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. And that's. Yeah, I mean, the Wizards don't win at a whole lot of things, but I think I feel confident that we won that trade. And yeah. then the last big trade we had with the Lakers, trading Kwame Brown to get Karan Butler, I feel like the Wizards won that trade too. So if you're the Lakers, um, don't trade with the Wizards. It historically has not gone particularly well. Wizards and trades with the Lakers, they're they're 2-0. That's right. But, we'll that, but that second one, second one was a massive win. So yeah, yeah. it's like it almost counts for that. two or three wins. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I think that'll about do it for us. Um, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast. Um, let me or the Lakers Outsiders Twitter account, uh, know what free agent you kind of want me to profile next. Uh, I'm going to try and go through all of them, but, uh, if you want to hear one first and foremost, let me know. Um, you can find Matt's work. Uh, on the Believe in Wizards podcast, uh, as well as Bolts Forever. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for hopping on and uh, talking about some Wizards with me. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Best of luck to you all. And uh, I don't know, we'll, maybe we'll talk again here about uh, our next round of trades or, or free agents, you know, flip-flops here.